Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. What's better than this? It's guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast. Welcome to another Monday episode. This is your week five college football recap show. I am Kyle Krabs, founder and director of scouting and NDT scouting, NFL, NFL draft analyst for FanRag Sports. I'm joined by Mr. Joe Marino, uh, my number two in command at NDT scouting, also FanRag Sports, uh, getting some college football coverage in this weekend. Joe, uh, you did the vaunted double dip this weekend. Uh, you saw Duke Miami and then NC State Syracuse on back-to-back evenings uh, before going down and seeing your Buffalo Bills knock off the previously undefeated Atlanta Falcons at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. So, Joe, I would is, I would expect you're going to tell me that uh, you've got a hashtag stock up <laughs> for weekend. First. And your life in football. Yeah, an oddly great weekend in football, right? Um, uh, The two games obviously were tremendous. We'll get into those uh, later on. But, man, to to, uh, be as tired as hell to wake up early on a Sunday morning and and, and drive to Atlanta and go to a game that you – you know, you do it because the Bills only play in Atlanta every eight years, and I'm somewhat close to Atlanta. So went down there, you know, very – very unexpecting, right? <laughs> and uh, to go down there and knock off the Falcons in a year that Buffalo was perceived as tanking, and now all of a sudden they're three and one, and in first place in the AFC East. Um, it's a it's a weird 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 feeling for me at this time. So uh, man, I'm I'm excited though. Uh, Sean McDermott's one hell of a football coach. Well, Joe, you know, I deliberately set the table with talking about more than just an NFL team because I don't have anything to say about my NFL team. Oh, so, I wanted. So, why don't we talk about anything? college football, huh? Yeah. Well, hey, before we do, I've got a number. I said uh, last week that I try to bring a number relevant to the amount of days until the NFL draft, uh, and uh, we are 205 days. If you're listening to this on Monday, October 2nd, we are 205 days away from the 2018 NFL draft, 
And with the 205th pick in the 2008 NFL Draft, the Indianapolis Colts selected Pierre Garçon. And that turned out to be one hell of a pick. He's got 580 career catches, threatening that 600 mark, which he should uh, get this year if Brian Hoyer can get in the football. And, uh, you know, for a six-round pick in the later portions of the draft, that's one nice pick. I'll argue that uh, Pierre Garçon is the best 205th pick overall in the history of draft. That's a a great nugget, Joe. (laughs) I'm going to have to step up my game here and bring one on Wednesday, aren't I? Okay. All right. Yeah, it'll be 203 days on Wednesday. 203, yeah. So probably the consecutive number of years the Miami Dolphins have let me down. (laughs) Hey, Mountain Union, too. What a a, a story, right? Yeah. He's played 10 years out of Mountain Union, a late-round pick. I mean, obviously it helps being paired up with Peyton Manning to start your career, but uh, yeah, he's still still got it. He's still playing at a high level. You know, I watched the – the Thursday night game with probably the best Thursday night football game oh, yeah. of all Thursday night football games when, when the Niners played the Rams and yeah. uh, he had a couple great catches in that game. So yeah, he's absolutely got a ton of life left in his legs. So um, great nugget. We'll have a, we'll have a good one for two Oh three on Wednesday as well. All right. It's on you. Yeah. I know. No pressure. Uh, you know who doesn't feel any pressure, Joe? Who you got? Deshaun Watson. Mm. And I want to capitalize on this eventually. I know we got some other things that we have to talk about before we get into the game trips that we had. Uh, But can we tip the hat to Deshaun for uh, his performance against the Tennessee Titans? Uh, Four passing touchdowns, a rushing touchdown. Uh, He was absolutely terrific in this game. Um, they went a lot of short to the right. I know I saw his passing chart, and it seemed like Tennessee didn't have their corners flipping sides, so they had a matchup they liked. But they he still attacked up the field with a number of throws. And you know the first touchdown pass that he had, he or it wasn't a touchdown pass; it was a a long throw down the field, though, uh, climbing the ladder and uh, sidestepping a rusher, stepping up in the pocket threading a needle between a squatting corner and the safety over top on a skinny post type route uh, was really, really nice stuff. It was everything that like when Watson was dialed in at Clemson, those were the kinds of things that he did. And, you know, he, you could tell early on he was kind of getting acclimated and uh, had the nice touchdown run in his first career start. And then against the Patriots, he plays pretty well. Um, but does make some mistakes. And this was like nice three-game progression from him, from first start to week of preparation to now. Um, let's see if he can maybe not throw four touchdowns every week. I think that's a little unfair of an expectation to set. But uh, Watson looked really good. And, Joe, I know we both like Deshaun. Um, so it was it's great to see. You know, I, I know Watson was one of the more polarizing high-end quarterbacks as far as not you and me but the overall draft media sphere we were just a, we saw a lot of people that were kind of lukewarm on him so seeing him have a strong performance um now lord knows if you don't have great performances as a rookie that automatically means you're terrible you just gotta <laughs> ask jared goff right so right um so yeah and, and i want to spin clemson quarterbacks in a little bit but, Joe, I believe you have some roasting to do here 
with this poll situation that we talked about on Friday's episode, do we not? Oh, of we course. Get this that, out of the way. You know, I think the staff would just be disappointed in me if I didn't take uh, the opportunity here to to critique your your poll and that uh, you know everybody on the staff had Clemson number two overall mm-hmm. for the last three weeks, and you've been lukewarm. Kind of had him fifth overall. It's not lukewarm. Fifth overall. It's not lukewarm. It is. It is when you have six other people that you respect their football mind enough to have on your NDT scouting staff have them at number two overall, and you're sitting there with Clemson at five. Uh, man, it's like, what was it going to take? And I guess their third win over a top fifteen team uh, it has vaulted them to three for you. You still won't put them at two, but you have them at three. So. Um, I don't know what it's going to take to get to that number two spot. We've already had one of our staff members put Clemson at number one overall. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, look, you're not going to get off the hook. You, you, Clemson, uh, I feel like maybe you were low-key rooting for Virginia Tech. Maybe. I don't know. Absolutely but, uh, not. There's there, <laughs> well, there are three or four prospects on this Clemson team that, that I absolutely love. I know that's true. That's true. You, I mean, you know this to be fact now. I do. I do. I but, actually uh, have. I actually have a hot take from this Clemson team when we get around to this game. So no, that's that's not accurate. These allegations are false. Well, and I look why, forward to continuing to prove you wrong uh, with my continued impartial voting throughout the course of the remainder of the college football season. Give me a quick 30 seconds on why Oklahoma's number two over Clemson at three right now. Shellacking Ohio State at home. That's all I need to say. Uh, barely beating Baylor. Okay. Oh, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know. Stock down, Kyle, for ba- that take. Baker Mayfield poked the bear in that Baylor game. He did. He said, you, you, you call me daddy. Right. <laughs> and then he, and then, he played a, <laughs> then he played a close contest. Against Baylor, who lost to Liberty. Yeah, and I think Liberty just lost to, like, St. Francis last right. week. Right, so, so what the hell's I mean, going on? <laughs> you can't play that game, though, right? You well, can't play that that uh, seven degrees of separation because you'll come back and you'll just have a, fl- a flat circle. So so beating Ohio State, tremendous. I, I, I'm with you all the way there, even though you've crapped on, J, you know, uh, JT Barrett for, I guess, two years now. No, why, uh, why am I a villain today? I don't understand. You just... I hate just Clemson. Start. I hate JT Barrett. I'm crapping all over him. I'm, well, I'm just, I, I'm Clemson's just ripped a off weeks here. Auburn, Louisville, and Virginia Tech. And, and, they're the, the, and I have them ranked as the number three team in the country. I had them over jump, uh, jumping over a Penn State team that hung up a bunch of points on Indiana this week. What do you want from me? I want to know also why Penn State's where they are. Number four? Yeah. You, you, the you beat Frog Oklahoma. Penn State's the best team in the Big Ten, so that's why they're number four. All right. I don't disagree with that. So then why are you roasting me on having Big Ten, best Big Ten team, Penn State, number four? So you, but I want to know why you – so what made them uh, – what made you put Clemson ahead of them? That was That was not previous. Because seeing them in person at this contest was – a really eye-open experience where I think they certainly have much more across-the-board depth than what Penn State does. Um, 
And this, I think some of this comes down to the way that you vote for a top 15 versus the way I vote for a top 15. Because mm-hmm. we got into this on the pre-show about Washington State. And Washington State's not in my top 15. Because if you asked me who are the ta- the best 15 teams in the country, Washington State's, they, they don't even cross my mind. But that's obviously not the case for you because they're undefeated and they have a big win against a previously under undefeated top five team in the polls. Yeah, and that's that's exactly right. This is a team that's undefeated, beat USC. Uh, so we have a USC team that's squeaked by all season, been vulnerable, finally drops a contest uh, against the Cougars, and there's no way that I could justify having South uh, Southern Cal ahead of Washington State. And that, They're a that more talented be, football team. No question about it, but uh, when they played – uh, Washington State won, and uh, Washington State's handled their business well. Not, a, I mean, Boise State was a close game, but they, you know, they showed they showed their ability to win a, win a tight game in overtime, and uh, they've handled their business. And and um, I just can't justify it. I really I mean, can't. And that that's what the difference. Head to head, so big to me. I don't reward handling your business. I I look at who are the best teams in the country. You've reached the High Fashion Hotline. Hi, my family's going to a concert in the park, and we want our style to be the main attraction. Rock over to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, right now get up to 50% off jeans from 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Up to 50% off jeans for the family? That's music to my ears. Plus, now you can get in and out of the store in a flash with buy online, pick up in store. It's fun, fast, and free. Styles that take center stage and free pickup in store when I buy online? Old Navy, here we come. High Fashion, Old Navy. Valid 720 to 729, select styles only. Right now, join T-Mobile and get an unlimited family plan with Netflix included so you can watch in more places than ever before on your phone, tablet, or TV. Plus, buy one Samsung Galaxy S9 and get one free with 24 monthly bill credits so you and your family can binge your Netflix favorites on your new phones. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE or visit a store today. Unlimited data on their network. Video streams at 480p. Small fraction of customers using over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speeds. If you cancel balances due, well-qualified customers, full price, 720 plus tax. Finance agreements required. Netflix for two screens. Terms apply. And the best teams are the ones that win their games. <laughs> Not necessarily. <laughs> oh, yeah, Not it is. That's why yeah. the Buffalo Bills are 3-1, and one, Joe. Well, because the Buffalo Bills are a good football <laughs> team, man. They're a good football team. Let's move on, shall we? Why don't you? Why don't you give us one of your games? You had uh, yeah, Duke yeah. Miami right on on this, Thursday night. This is Friday be night. much more enjoyable. Um, yeah, so uh, yeah, definitely uh, Friday night Duke versus Miami uh, at um, Wallace Wade Stadium in Durham. Uh, really appreciate the accommodations of the university; they were tremendous. The food was top line. I really enjoyed it. Uh, but uh, you know, so many, so many good prospects to look at in this game and um the guy that i was probably most eager to see going into it was redshirt sophomore quarterback for duke daniel jones there's been some buzz around him i mean going into the game duke was undefeated and uh uh you know he's a guy that he's 6'5 215 pounds he's got a big arm he's got dual threat ability he's with david cutcliffe and so there's a lot to like like about him but uh i think what I learned in this game is that there is a lot to like, but he's got a lot of work to do. Uh, tools are present. Um, when you watch him, I watch him in warmups, you know, very intently was down on the field and, you know, just rocket arm, clean mechanics. Just, you can tell the way that he lines up his hips and shoulder and his lower body follow through and his, all the, his release, all that stuff's just pretty as it can be. 
but when you, you get him in the game, this is a guy that really thrives on that first read being available. And uh, when the first read's not available, he's he's really he really gets uncomfortable, and, and, and his cage gets rattled. Um, looks to to run kind of as his second line of uh, of work, um, and, and when he has to take time to survey the defense and go through his progressions and understand where the coverage is and where the space is going to be and where leverage is. That's not necessarily his strengths right now. So uh, his accuracy really wavered the further he pushed the football down the field. And so I I think it's, look, he's a redshirt sophomore. He's at Duke. He's a smart guy. Let's let this guy take his time to develop and forget about him for a little bit on the NFL radar until he, you know, uh, becomes more polished and has more game experience. So let's not give him the, the Sam Darnold treatment, if you will. Um, going to touch on another Duke player, man. Uh, I've touched, I, I really just like going to football games a lot of times and watching them and not necessarily, you know, you have your guys you're looking for, but then the guys that pop, those are the ones that I, I find the most enjoyment from. And, Duke has a defensive tackle, Mike Ramsey, who's just playing tremendous football. He was great in this game, um, and he's been great all season. He's a senior, and, and uh, he really showed terrific play strength and hand technique. And and uh, he was able to consistently win with first contact and, and control reps. And uh, he was resetting the line of scrimmage. He was shedding blocks, making plays in the backfield, and his motor was running hot. And he made a third down tackle on a wide receiver screen where he showed some range to get out to the sideline. And uh, I just, I just thought I saw an NFL player. Um, so I was eager to do more work on him, but it was nice to see somebody that I wasn't expecting to see pop actually go and pop. So if that's from the Duke side of the ball, that's really my takeaways. Miami's loaded, man. And me and you knew this, right? I mean, this is a team that you've, you and I have had in our top 15 all season long. And uh, you know, they've gone out and, and won their first three games of the season. And, They've got some explosive options on offense, and um, Mark Walton, their their running back, he's a. You can see that he's a, he's got a ton of burst. He's got really good vision and elusive traits. She um, was a major factor as a receiver in this game. He didn't have a lot of space as a running back. It seemed like he was pretty eager to bounce things in this game, but the way he moves, the way that he cuts, the way that he has juice to turn tight corners, and uh, you know, those types of things are, make him pretty exciting. So he's a junior. He's a guy that uh, you know played played pretty well in this game. Actually, he had an ankle injury, so we're not sure what the extent of that is at this time. But you know, I think he's got NFL traits and, and maybe a third down type of guy, a guy that you try to get touches in space. Uh, I know he's not draft eligible, but man, Amon Richards, <laughs> he's, he's tremendous. You know, they only targeted him four times. He's probably still working back from injury, but. Every time they target him, great things happen. The two sideline catches that went for, I think, 28 and 29 yards just created separation down the sideline and, and, and uh, showed his ball skills and tracking and made good adjustments to the football. And then he actually had, like a, I think it was a 49-yard uh, touchdown where he just went over the middle and you could see some of his ability after the catch show. And then he, got, he had another touchdown later in the game they called OPI, which I thought was a ticky-tack call. But um, – just a true sophomore, but man, he's hard to ignore. Uh, you know, I know it's we got our, our enough work to do with these draft eligible guys, but Amon Richards is a guy we're going to talk about a lot the rest of this year and, and next year for sure. Um, looking at the, some of the defensive linemen also for Miami, uh, senior Chad Thomas, man, he looks his frame is is so nice, right? He's long, he's big, and um, I really like how he gets his hands involved. Um, he did a lot of different stuff where he would. 
he would rush the outside edge track, which he has a really nice rip move where he knows how to get underneath pads and, and press the tight angle, and he's able to work back underneath. And, and he's also good attacking interior gaps as well, which I think is important for a guy with his type of profile to show that ability to go inside and outside. He'll be a, a guy that if a defense is multiple, he'll be pretty appealing. And um, showed he, thought he had good play strength, played the run well, did well to set a good edge. So I uh, thought he was good. Kendrick Norton, their defensive tackle, a junior, he's a load, man. He's just a big dude in the middle. And, uh, you know, he was a guy that I thought – Miami was a little inconsistent with some of their run fits and creating levels, um, which I thought Kendrick Norton could have made more plays, but there was so much space created for Duke at times in the running game that he was in his gap, but there was so much space created because guys were flying up the field uh, that he didn't have a chance to make as many plays as he could, but he's, he's got NFL strength right there in the defensive interior. And then I want to shout out one more guy, um, underclassman again but i can't ignore him just uh this defensive end for uh, miami joe jackson he led the team last year in tackles for loss and sacks is kind of an off the bench player and man he's got explosive traits as a pass rusher i think he's a guy we'll be talking about in the coming years as a potential high pick but uh he's got nice flexibility he's got quickness he can turn the corner uh he's got length and uh he 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 did some nice things in this game where uh, he talked about he did a lot of the things we talked about last week. If you hadn't listened to the show, go back and listen to the one we talked about where it was the art of rushing the passer and different traits that Kyle and I look for. And there were so many examples of those coveted traits that we talked about that he showed in that game. And so I think from an up-and-coming perspective, Joe Jackson. But this Hurricanes team's loaded, and I think they're a major threat in the ACC Coastal. A lot, a lot of good NFL talent. Yeah, heck yeah. Uh, Jackson was 99, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah, I mean he's he was just running circles around guys mm-hmm. as a pass rusher was, was excellent. Uh, speaking of pass rushers, Joe, you want my hot take coming yeah, away like from this uh, Clemson game? I think the combination of Cleveland Farrell and Austin Bryant is a better defensive end duo than the Kevin Dodd Shaq Lawson duo that was a first and second round pick a couple years ago coming out of Clemson Tigers. Can I get a reaction from that? Um, my knee-jerk reaction is those are different players. Um, I think I, – I don't think that Lawson and Dodd have the same traits as those two, but maybe there's a little more power in Dodd and Lawson. But Yeah, I certainly uh, think as far- the, the power is fair. But yeah. I, I think Farrell and Lawson are, are somewhat comparable. I think Farrell's more fluid. Mm-hmm. He's more twitchy. Yeah, Lawson's a little more heavy-handed. Yeah. But yeah. he is like the, the big-bodied guy. And, and Brian is much more of a true speed guy. Their uh, collective draft, like if you were to add up where those guys were drafted, I yeah. think you'll be right yeah. that uh, the, the, the two they have now will be going higher. Yeah, and um, they they were the stars of this game for me as far as I was concerned looking specifically at who are guys that I need to know specifically relating to the NFL draft Uh, if I had to give out three stars for this game uh, one of them goes to Tremaine Edmonds the linebacker for Virginia Tech he's probably my third star Uh, everything that he did playing the run was tremendous. They didn't just have him playing Mike playing off the ball and in the A gaps they actually had him walked up outside of offensive tackles and tight ends and setting the edge against the run. And he's listed 6'5", 250-plus. 
his ability to step down, play with his hands, play off of contact with his hands, and have functional strength. Uh, he he's a really intellectual player. He's very smart. He, he's quick to process things happening in front of his face. Technically very sound. Uh, athletically, he he has the traits to be a difference maker. Uh, there was a, a tackle on. Uh, Kelly Bryant in the open field on a third down scramble play in which he stepped up and you know, Clemson's trying to ice the game and it's a two score game at the time. And uh, Bryant's been killing him with his legs the whole time. And um, Edmonds steps up, makes a terrific form tackle uh, was one of the individual play highlights of the entire game. So Edmonds, I think was the star as far as the, the tech kids um, Cleland Farrell, is as I've already alluded to, he's in this conversation to be a top tier pass rusher. Um, did it all, you know? He was playing in a two point stance, taking you know, hook curl away, just squatting in the 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 flats area as a zone defender. Not necessarily somewhere where he's going to essentially win at the NFL level, but it's a testament to his athleticism that they feel comfortable playing him in a two point stance and working him away from the line of scrimmage, and he doesn't look. Terrible doing it. Um, in the run game, uh, playing side to side at the line of scrimmage and setting the edge with his hands uh, as a slasher penetration style guy. Uh, he Opening possession for Tech, uh, they had a third and one, and he slanted across two gaps, uh, made contact with his inside shoulder on the ball carrier while still engaged with his other arm on his blocker and stood the ball carrier up in in the hole at the line of scrimmage and had a run stuff to prevent a third and one conversion for a fresh set of downs. So that was a play that really stood out to me as far as functional strength, and, and functional strength can be applicable in a number of different ways. Uh, as a pass rusher, your speed to power and ability to collapse the pocket is another good way to look at functional strength, and he was good here too. Uh, there, there was one play they tried to block him with a back, Joe, and the back steps up, and he actually frames the block really well. He's square, he throws his hands, and Farrell, uh, he essentially picks up and displaces the back to collapse him backwards, and then the back steps back into the quarterback. So it's Farrell is chest-to-chest with somebody who's blocking him, and he reaches around and through the back's body to get a hand and grabs uh, Jackson's shirt before Jackson's flushed off his spot. Uh, just really good awareness of, of navigating the pocket and getting to your landmarks and, and disrupting plays. So uh, Farrell was another one that, that I thought had a terrific game, was one of my three stars of the game. Uh, if I did have to give a, a first star of the game, I, know I do want to talk about Austin Bryant really quick, but i got to talk about Kelly Bryant, the quarterback for, for Clemson. Uh, a lot of Deshaun Watson to his game. You know, I can see why they, this team really has not skipped too much of a beat. Uh, Bryant was very intelligent with the football. You know, I don't want to sit here and frame him as a scrambling quarterback because he had a ton of yards with his legs. He he's a passer first, and he he made a lot of responsible decisions with the football. You know, he did challenge coverage at times. He ran some stick routes. And threw the ball against, you know, 
defenders that were in the receiver's hip pocket before the break and throwing with some anticipation and throwing the ball away from defenders. Uh, never really took any big risks. He did miss a couple vertical throws down the field uh, in the first half that would have really broke the game open early. Uh, but there was no bad decision. There was no reckless move. Uh, and then his ability to extend plays within the pocket and use his athleticism and win with his legs uh, just made him like a really pleasant player to watch. And you know, this was the game that really, Joe, you asked about this this Clemson at five and why they weren't higher. And you know, Bryant was one of the guys I had some apprehension with because I didn't know him. Like you don't know how somebody's going to come in and step in and take over for a Deshaun Watson. Well, I watch him in this game against a really high-caliber defense of Virginia Tech and the way that he played and, and how he, I don't want to say managed the game, but the way he ran the offense, kept the offense on schedule, uh, I thought it was a really, really great job. Uh, last guy I do want to profile here is Austin Bryant, the other defensive end. Um, there was one play. If, if I had to pick one play that would showcase Bryant's athletic ability and what this Clemson team and Brett Venables thinks of his athletic ability. Joe, they came out, it was, Virginia Tech was down two scores at the time. They came out fourth and fourth and three right around midfield in the second half. And they came out with a trips bunch set to the near side of the field. And Clemson calls timeout. You know, they, they get lined up, Tech's ready to, to snap the football. They call timeout. And Tech comes out of the timeout in the exact same formation. So what Clemson does is they take Austin Bryan, and they take it from his defensive end position, and they have him play the jam corner against the bunch set. And they say they have him blow up that receiver on the line of scrimmage. Well, Tech is running a essentially a smoke screen throw where one of the trips receivers steps back, the other two step forward and block, and they're hoping to get a cheap three yards if if they can get two bodies on two bodies on the boundary. By the time that the third defender who's playing off the ball, probably more towards the middle of the field, gets down and in, you should be able to pick up three yards. Well, Bryant blows up this receiver, reaches and extends, and is able to influence with his length and actually gets the shoulder pads of the receiver catching the ball and pulls him down with one arm from a press corner. At 260 pounds. Uh, he was very twitchy, very loose in space, looked very good and comfortable moving away from the line of scrimmage. But that play for me really stood out as that's the kind of player that if he, if he has that kind of athletic ability and they're comfortable doing that at the college level, I certainly don't think you're going to see him play that kind of role with any kind of regularity. But that's a special kind of athlete to be 6'4", 6'5", 255, 260, and ask him to do that, and he did it flawlessly. And, you know, it was just an – there were a couple of guys, uh, both the Bryant kids, uh, Kelly and Austin, uh, where this game really sold me on them as high-caliber football players. Kyle, can I beg you for quick hot takes on three players? Yes. I want to hear about Christian Wilkins. I want to hear about Deion Kane. And I want to hear about Mitch Hyatt. Christian Wilkins, a defensive tackle. Deion Kane's a wide receiver. Mitch Hyatt, the left tackle. All of those are Clemson players. Just wanted to uh, to alert the listeners so that we don't assume that everybody knows who these players are. But uh, hit, hit me with some quick takes on on those three guys because this is a this was a marquee game, man. And I want to hear you know how these guys performed in, in a very high profile contest. Sure. So Hyatt had his hands full with um, 
Travion or Trayvon Hill, number ninety four, who's a redshirt sophomore for Tech, uh, really long, lean. He's kind of built like Leonard Floyd, kind of, and. Uh, Hyatt kind of underwhelming in this game. He was a little late to drop his anchor at times. Uh, and then there were other times in which uh, Trayvon was able to really pressure him off the edge. And uh, Hyatt wasn't able to get his hips aligned and, and square up that block. So he would have to bail out his feet and turn and run to protect the edge. Uh, his, his footwork initially is good. I think he gets caught with high hips at times, and he's light in the trunk. So I think that's something that I'm really going to have to watch. You know, the more I see of him, the more that you know it becomes relevant that if he's somebody that's going to declare in this draft class, those would be primary concerns I would put a star next to. Uh, I thought he played okay, but as somebody who's rumored to be a potential top tackle, if I watched that game, I would say stock is down in comparison to what my expectation was of that. Uh, Deion Kane. Kane was really instrumental in blowing this game open right before the half. Uh, He had two big catches. He hit one on Brandon Fakeson, and the other one was on Adonis Alexander. Uh, and, And I thought he did a really nice job exposing both of those guys as being a little tight in the hips. Um, Fakeson was the first one. It was a post route on the far side of the field, and he did a really nice job getting back inside across Fakeson's face and catching the ball very cleanly, and then his immediate instinct was to work back out to the boundary. He made a nice move in the open field to get back outside, gets pushed out of bounds. And then uh, the next play... Uh, that he made on this, it was like a four-play drive. They went the full length of the field. Um, Kane hits a, a speed out in off against off coverage uh, from Adonis Alexander, and Alexander doesn't really have a good spring in his drop step to drive forward on that, and you get that a lot of times with these long corners, and uh, he's a little late getting there as a result, and Kane has some nice wiggle, makes him miss. He works all the way down. He's tackled at like the half-yard line. And it was right before the half to give Clemson a touchdown and, and really help kind of separate before the half. Uh, so I liked what I saw from him. I thought he had a nice game. Uh, and then Christian Wilkins, he just wasn't asked to get a lot of penetration in this game. You know, Tech and, and, and Tech's running back, McMillan, um, very much in between the tackles kind of players. And it seemed like Wilkins was tasked a lot of times with just setting the line of scrimmage and holding the point of attack. Um, there were some passing situations in which, you know, it's a moving target or, or Jackson leaves the pocket and Wilkins shows some nice athleticism to kind of parlay off of an initial stack of a block and then get into the face of the quarterback working into the sideline. Um, He's a great athlete for his size. We already knew that. Uh, This just wasn't the kind of game that really showcased or allowed him to show what he can do as far as being a disruption-style player. So, you know, I saw traits that I liked. Uh, He was actually uh, on a touchdown in the second half, he ran onto the field from the sideline, was the first guy to get to a feaster, the running back who scored the touchdown on the play, uh, which I really like seeing somebody that, that has that kind of enthusiasm and excitement and 
you know, can't wait to get out on the field and celebrate with his teammates. I thought that was kind of cool. Uh, just a fun nugget about that game that you probably didn't note off the television broadcast. But, yeah, not not necessarily a game that showcased Wilkins' skills, but he did very well with what he was asked to do defensively. You've reached the High Fashion Hotline. Hi, my family's going to a concert in the park, and we want our style to be the main attraction. Rock over to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, right now get up to 50% off jeans from 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Up to 50% off jeans for the family? That's music to my ears. Plus, now you can get in and out of the store in a flash with buy online, pick up in store. It's fun, fast, and free. Styles that take center stage and free pick up in store when I buy online? Old Navy, here we come. High Fashion, Old Navy. About 720 to 729, select styles only. Right now, join T-Mobile and get an unlimited family plan with Netflix included so you can watch in more places than ever before on your phone, tablet, or TV. Plus, buy one Samsung Galaxy S9 and get one free with 24 monthly bill credits so you and your family can binge your Netflix favorites on your new phones. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE or visit a store today. Unlimited data on their network. Video streams at 480p. Small fraction of customers using over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speeds. If you cancel balances due, well-qualified customers, full price, 720 plus tax. Finance agreements required. Netflix for two screens. Terms apply. Yeah, um, appreciate that, my man. Uh, we, we are going ACC heavy here today on the show. And uh, the the next contest that I want to talk about is this NC State-Syracuse game that I was at. And, uh, you know... <laughs> This this NC State defensive line is as good as advertised. Um, this group, it's got four seniors, uh, Contavia Street, B.J. Hill, Justin Jones, and uh, Bradley Chubb. Man, they are playing at a high level. This Syracuse team came into the contest averaging over 160 yards per game rushing, and uh, NC State held them to 59 yards on 30 carries. Um, so I think that's a testament to these guys. These guys are tough to move. They maintain their run fits. They play with great technique, and, and they shed blocks and make plays at the line of scrimmage. The defensive line itself had seven and a half tackles for loss in the game. And, uh, you know, the the catalyst behind it all, they're all good. But the one that's the cream of the crop is Bradley Chubb, and he had another terrific game through five games this season. He's got 12 tackles for loss and five and a half sacks. And, Man, I thought he was good last year. He's great this year. Uh, he is playing at a high level. He is getting off the football quick, and he's showing a lot of technique uh, when dealing with blocks, using his hands very effectively and going inside and outside to beat blocks. And he just knows how to get around people. I don't think he's the, I don't think he's super flexible, but he knows how to get around people, and, and that's fine. He's not a big bendy, twitched up, you know, going to corner the edge every time. But his power. And his technique and his ability to soften angles and, and and power through is tremendous, and that's why he's making so many plays in the backfield this season. Um, you know, I think this is a player that I thought going into the season was probably about a top fifty guy. He's a guy now that I'm. I think this is probably a first round pick, and, and a guy that I think is a, is a real contender for AFC, ACC Defensive Player of the Year. Man, he is he is uh, very he's playing at a very high level and. He really has for for three seasons now, and he's I think he's really putting it all together and having his best season. Um, I can't stop talking about Jalen Samuels, man. He is so fun. He's uh he's listed as a tight end, but he really plays running back, wide receiver, and a little bit of like uh, wing for this offense. And um, he's five eleven, two twenty three, and he just makes an impact, right? Like he's. In this game specifically, he had 74 yards rushing and a touchdown. He had five catches. And it seems like in the critical moments 
where NC State, NC State needed a play. <clears throat> he was the guy that they can call upon, and they can give him him the ball, you know, in in stretch runs, uh, power, catching the football, and, and he just really just does it all so well. And uh, you know, it's it's not one of those things where like he has the athletic ability to run outside zone and, and make plant put his you know his foot in the ground and cut up the field and and you know carry speed through tight turns and stuff. So I, I think he's got the juice to play running back, man. And I, I just. I just like I watched you know after the Bills Falcons game today. I'm thinking about Tevin Coleman, and not necessarily that they're stylistically the same, but the way that the Falcons used Tevin Coleman as a running back inside outside, get him on wheel routes, isoed up against linebackers and stuff like that. I think you can do similar things with a guy like Jalen Samuels. So I think the right offensive coordinator can get a lot of production out of Jalen Samuels, and he's a guy that. Players like him typically aren't, you know, day two guys, day one guys for sure. Def, you know, but you think about the impact that he can have on a football team, and I just am getting more and more comfortable saying that this is maybe a third round type player, fourth round at the latest, because I think that he's going to be one of those players. And when we look back on things, he's really going to overachieve based on where he may get drafted. So. I'm a big fan of Jalen Samuels. So the two guys, the studs in this game, Bradley Chubb, Jalen Samuels, were were as good as advertised. And you know, I, there's a lot of other takeaways. I'm going to see NC State like at least twice more this season. So I'll save some of my other takes on this roster. But uh, this is a good football team. You know, they're they've got Louisville coming to town on Thursday, and uh, you know their defensive line is good as advertised. They've they've got weapons on offense, and, and Ryan Finley's a a very good quarterback that keeps things going. He makes he can make some throws down the field. I I, I think some critic he took some criticism for you know playing it safe a little bit earlier this season, but in this game he was showed a willingness to work the ball down the field, and I like I just I like the way that he runs this offense. So uh, I said on the Friday show that he's kind of has that Nathan Peterman vibe going for me right now, kind of the way I felt about him, Nathan Peterman at this time last year, and I think Finley's another guy just like that. So I I like what I see from this NC State team, and I'm anxious to see them on Thursday night against Louisville. Yeah, it's um, nothing wrong with a quarterback that keeps you on schedule, which is what you got with with a guy like Finley who's not necessarily top-tier talent but he's got a really good head on his shoulders and he's got the arm to make some, some nice things happen. So I'm right there with him. He can run a little bit too. Yeah, He can run a little bit too and throw on the run. So, I mean, he's, he's like, I'm telling you, there's going to be prospects that people are going to hype up that are not as good as Ryan Finley. I'll just put it at that. Of course. Always. It's, it's, are you (laughs) six, six, six with a cannon arm? Yeah. Wow. (laughs) <laughs> those are far and few between, and some of those guys that are six six with cannon arms don't know where to put a football. We're looking at you, Wilton Spate. Yeah, and Josh Allen. Oh, <laughs> that was your QB one, man. Yeah, you know it's funny you haven't you haven't put me on the hot seat on that yet, and I'll I'm defer until it you simmer. do. I'm letting it. It's simmer. fine. I'm ready to talk about it when okay. you are. You've gone through the stages of grief, I assume. No, I just, I just. Um... No, just well, emotionally are we, are we numb. Doing, I no. need to know if we're doing this no, or not. No, <laughs> not today. Not today. Okay. <laughs> We've given the people plenty to digest. Yes, I agree. I agree. And thank you for listening to a Monday edition of the Draft Dudes podcast. We'll be back again for you on Wednesday. We've got some some special things lined up hopefully this week, but in the very new future in terms of guests and different show concepts that we want to bring to the table. So we hope you enjoyed this recap and, and, and uh, uh, 
putting a ribbon on at least what Kyle and I got a chance to see this weekend. I know there was other games that we didn't get to, but uh, we, we put a lot of time into these games, so we wanted to, to give it a lot of time on the show here when recapping this weekend in college football. Give Kyle some help if you want to on his college football rankings on Twitter. Get on the bandwagon. Or don't. And, and Kyle, or don't. Yeah, no, do that for sure. Kyle likes when you add him and say and criticize him, so I always encourage that. So, uh and if you don't know where to find Kyle, he's on Twitter at, at NDT Scouting, so follow him. I'm at on Twitter at the Joe Marino, and NDT Scouting has its own Twitter handle, which is at NDTScouting.com, or at NDT Scouting LLC, excuse me. Make sure you hit that subscribe button on whatever podcast vehicle that you use. We'll be back again for you on Wednesday. Signing off for Kyle Krabs, I'm Joe Marino, and thanks for listening to the Draft Dudes Podcast. You've reached the High Fashion Hotline. Hi, my family's going to a concert in the park, and we want our style to be the main attraction. Rock over to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, right now get up to 50% off jeans from 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Up to 50% off jeans for the family? That's music to my ears. Plus, now you can get in and out of the store in a flash with buy online, pick up in store. It's fun, fast, and free. Styles that take center stage and free pick up in store when I buy online? Old Navy, here we come. High Fashion, Old Navy. About 720 to 729, select styles only. What does your morning sound like? Goodbye, baby. She's finally asleep. Hi, welcome to McDonald's. Can I get a sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles? Mmm. Here's to making your morning routine a little better with a delicious breakfast from McDonald's. Mix and match two of your favorites for just $4. The sausage McMuffin with egg and the sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.